did name the message encouragement. Encouragement. We all need to be encouraged, don't we? We all need to be encouraged. My, oh my. We'll continue our study today in the book of Galatians chapter 6. and Let's read verses 1 to 10 of Galatians chapter 6. It says, brethren. So this is written to our dear brothers in the Galatian church, believers. Believers on the Lord Jesus Christ, brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto, unto him that teacheth in all good things. So the preacher's responsibility we see there is to preach Christ. Preach Christ. Look at this. Be not deceived. You see these Judaizers were coming in to the Galatian church and they were deceiving, deceiving the people. They were deceiving the people. They were, they were saying you must be circumcised to be saved along with having faith in Christ. So they were deceiving the people with another gospel. And Paul we see here brings forth another. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now, men and women in this world, they mock God, don't they? We may have even mocked God before we were saved. But don't be deceived. God is not mocked. God will not put up with false gospels. There will be a judgment, beloved. There will be a judgment. These false teachers will be judged. Look at this. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And then we see he that soweth to his flesh. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. They're going to perish in their sins. They're going to perish in their sins. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now look at verses 9 and 10. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them which are of the household of faith. We see here Paul continues to give the Galatians, and we who are reading here today, about what it is to walk in the Spirit. Remember, he's been talking about walking in the Spirit. He gave us the fruits of the Spirit. And then he, then he says, let us walk in the Spirit. Let's not walk in our flesh. Let us walk in the Spirit. And look what it says in verse 9. And let us be, not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What did Christ go about doing? He, did, he went about doing good, didn't he? He went about doing good, beloved. Oh my. So 
let we who walk in the Spirit go about doing good. Right? And we see how it's, how it's manifested. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now remember too, all who are of the household of faith, they've been ordained by God to be of the household of faith, haven't they? Just as we have been. And in Ephesians 2, it says, it says this, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, we don't know what these good works are, but we seek to do good, don't we? We don't want to go out and, and, and live a, a life of sin. We don't desire that anymore, do we? We don't, we don't use grace as lasciviousness and go out and, and, and we don't desire that. Do you desire to live the same way you did before the Lord saved you? Not at all. Not at all, do we? I always, I always find it amazing when people say, you know, if I believe like you, I could do whatever I want. They don't understand grace. That's, what they're telling you right there is, I don't understand what you're talking about. That's exactly what they're saying. And, and how do I know? I was in it before. <laughs> I used to think, oh man, I used to think, election? What are you talking about? God chases people? Oh my gosh, what about man's free will? I was so ignorant. God makes us willing, doesn't he? In the day of his power. Otherwise, we would never be willing to come to Christ. Period. Do you see how good God is to us? It's amazing, beloved. So we've been ordained to, to, to do good works. And again, I've mentioned this before in, in the book of Matthew, when, when the saints, they say, when, when did we do these things? Well, when you came visit me in the hospital, when you came visit me in the, in the prison, you visited one of mine, you visited me. You know why? Because he's the head and we're the body. Isn't that amazing? Why do, why, do, uh, why do I go visit people in their homes or go, go out for breakfast? To go? Because we're all one. I love you all. You're my family. Why are we meeting next week and having a breakfast? Because we love each other. We want to be with each other. Right? My. This is where we can come in from the week of slugging and having bad days, and even, you know, people say, well, you're, you're a believer, you never have a bad day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that may be some, some guy who wants to continue to deceive people, thinking he's on the mountaintop when he's not. He's got trouble just like everybody else. We just know that God's sovereign, don't we? We don't have to, now, we, do we get down? Yep. Do we get depressed? Yeah. Do we get anxiety sometimes? Yeah. But what happens when we look to our great God as sovereign on the throne? That stuff just starts to disappear, doesn't it? And we get a calm. We get a peace that passes all understanding. That comes from the Lord, beloved. That comes from him. My. Look, look at verse 8 here. It says, it says, For he that soweth to the flesh shall reap, shall the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting. Now those who live to the flesh... They're going to reap eternal woe. They're going, to, they're going to reap eternal hell. The wages of sin is what? The payment? That's the payment? 
In, in the Greek, that's what a Roman, would, a Roman soldier would be paid. So the payment for sin is death. But Christ paid our payment when he died for us. Now, we're going to die physically, but we won't die in the second death, will we? Die, what, what does it say? Uh, born twice, die once. Uh, is the old, old saying. Because we're born in the flesh and then we're born again of the Holy Spirit of God. And we only die once. We will, we will not partake in the second death. Isn't that wonderful? Oh my. Makes you rejoice, don't you? Why? Because Christ died for us. He died for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. And Paul's not telling us here. He's not telling us. Look, Because look at it says, But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. He's not telling us we're justified or sanctified or, 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 or we gain rewards or lose rewards. Uh, based upon the basis of our works. He's not telling us that. People take that and say, oh, look at that. You're going to lose rewards. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I've said, Christ is my reward. I don't need nothing else. Do you? He's everything, sister. Amen. Hey, we don't need nothing else <laughs> but Christ. Oh, my. It's what, he's everything to us. My Paul's simply telling us as believers who are people of faith that Christ is manifest by, by our works, by, by the fact that, that God the Holy Spirit has regenerated us. We're born again. Do you know works, so-called good works, follow, follow us. They don't, they don't go to heaven before us. They follow us. You see? Religion says your good works go before you. No. Our works follow us. They're, they're manifestations of our faith. And it's the Holy Spirit working those in us. That's why Paul said, or James said, faith without works is dead. Faith will have works. Those works are for Christ. We desire to serve him, don't we? In our hearts. And in no way do they justify us before God. Absolutely no way do they justify us before God. See, when we were dead in sins, our works were just filthy rags to the Lord. Even now, our works are still tainted with sin, aren't they? My, oh my. But God has ordained us to good works. We just don't know what they are. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you glad you don't know? Because you're going to say, oh, I did a good work for the Lord. Because that's what we do, right? We all know we would. Oh, my. My, oh, my. He's simply telling us here where the source starts. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. Then the fruit of the Spirit is wrought in us. Faith is a gift from God. Faith and repentance are like a, a, a piece of paper on both one side and one side. You, you won't have faith without repentance. And you won't have repentance without true faith. 
And that faith and repentance is a gift. We can't muster it up, can we? This, is this not encouraging that, that it's something that, that we don't do? Do you, do you see when the Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that, that, are, that are laden, heavy laden? Do you know works just weigh you down? Trying to do stuff, to, trying to accomplish things, to, to get rewards or to do this, will just weigh, religious works just weigh you down? You ever think of when the Lord said that, that if we're, that we're free indeed, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed? We're free, beloved. We're free. I hope that's an encouragement to you. The fact that we're free in Christ. And these, these things that Paul's talking about here, that he that soweth to the Spirit shall the flesh, or the Spirit reap life everlasting, that's worked in us by God the Holy Spirit, beloved. This verse is encouraging to God's saints and, and, and the pastors. Look, look, at verse, look at verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. What an encouragement. We're to share with others our faith. We're to tell them about Christ. And God's preachers have one message, don't we? One message. Christ and him crucified. Christ dying for sinners on Calvary's cross. Christ, perfect, sin-atoning work. Our souls redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. My, and then him rising again from the grave for our justification. What a, what a savior, what a redeemer is Jesus Christ our Lord. My, and, and as you said, sister, earlier, he's everything to us. He's everything to the believer. You take Christ away, I have nothing. Do you? We don't have any salvation. We don't have any justification. My. But in Christ, oh, oh, my, we're so rich in Christ. What shall profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? If you had all the gold, think of this, and, and it wouldn't even fit in this building. All the gold piled up, though, in a huge pile. All the gold in the world piled up. All the silver in the world piled up. Right? What we have in Christ is far more valuable than all that. And all that gold and all that silver couldn't pay for one soul. It's already God's gold, isn't it? It's already all his silver. You ever think? Everything's already his. And then it says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. There's nothing we can give in exchange for our soul. I was talking to Brother Norm Wells last night, and he said, God required a perfect sacrifice, and he provided one. The Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? He provided that which we need. Because we, 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 can't, we can't buy our way to heaven. We can't earn our way to heaven. We can't merit our way to heaven. And if God hadn't sent Christ, we'd all be dead in trespasses and sins. But our God planned and purposed the salvation of a people. That they would be redeemed. You ever think of this? 
was listening to a message by Norm last yesterday. And he was talking about how, you ever think how Israel, they rebelled and God sent them judges and they still rebelled. Why didn't God just destroy them? Right? They just kept rebelling. They just kept, why? Well, because, because out of the tribe of Judah would come the seed of the woman. Out of the tribe of Benjamin would come Saul of Tarsus. Isn't that amazing? Peter, James, John. They all had to come out of the Israelite lineage. See, even, even when those, they sent those spies in and, and eight of them came back and said, oh my, they just manifested unbelief, didn't they? We can't, we can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, we can. But the, but the, the uh, Israelites went with the majority, didn't they? And God had them wander in the wilderness. My, till another generation was raised up. And then, then they went into the promised land, didn't they? And even when they came out of Israel, it was a mixed multitude, wasn't it? There was believers and unbelievers together. But God had a people on that midst, didn't he? Oh my, they had to be come out of bondage just as he promised. Why didn't, why didn't, why didn't, let's bring it right home. Why didn't our parents die when they were real young? Because we had to spring out of our mother's wombs. You ever think of that? Dee was telling me that her, her uh, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Joel's dad was in World War II on a boat. I was talking to her one time about that. I said, do you know why, you know why he didn't die? In one boat, he was one of five people that lived, right? Yeah, but just really a low number. And then he was sunk on another boat three times, three times in World War II. And I said, do you know why he lived? Because Joel had to come from him and Sylvia. And I don't know if anyone else is... But two of God's elect, right there. Neil was telling me his dad was in World War II in the Battle of Balch, and he was sitting by a, his dad was sitting in a Jeep. His dad was sitting in a Jeep by a barn. And his buddy said, let's move back a little bit. I don't like sitting here. And they moved back. They moved back. And he said about a minute or two later, a shell comes down and blows up right where they were. Do you know why he couldn't die? Because Neil and I, and I believe his brother Paul professes Christ. They had to come out. They had to come out of it. Isn't that, and his dad was a believer too from what he told me, his mom. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing how God works sovereignly? What an encouragement. Oh, our God is so great. He's so great. So God's preachers, we point to Christ. We point to his sovereignty. We point to his, his perfect sin atoning work. And again, Christ is all to the believer. Listen to this. Listen to this. But of him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom. Christ has made unto us wisdom. I'm looking at people who are wise in Christ, made that way by God. Isn't that amazing? Oh my. You know why? Because we've had revealed to us. 
That Christ is the We didn't know that, that he's the only Savior of sinners. We didn't know that before, did we? We'd be made wise to that by the revelation of God. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's so, it's so amazing. He's made us wisdom and righteousness. He's all our righteousness. We don't have any righteousness that make us fit for God. But he's perfect. He's sinless. He's spotless. My. And sanctification. We're made holy in Christ. Only in Christ. And redemption. He's the one who redeemed us with his precious blood. That according to his written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So God's preachers are sent to preach and proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ and to give all glory to God. And that's what we do, right? All of us as believers. We just give God all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. He gets it all, beloved. He gets it all. My. And when we preach Christ, we teach the good things of the gospel. The good things of the gospel. The gospel's good news, isn't it? It's good news for sinners. Natural man hates it. But it's good news for sinners. We may have hated it at first when we heard it. I know I did. But no, I love it now. Do you love it? Do you love it? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? God takes a sinner, a rebel, and, and turns him into one who loves the gospel, loves him, loves the scripture, loves his people. There's hope for our lost loved ones, aren't there? My. We don't know if they're the... Zane and I were talking about this week. We have no idea who God's people are, so... The gospel gets sent out. I preach to whoever the Lord, you know, every day or every, every Sunday and every Wednesday, the Lord ordains who will be here to hear the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's wonderful. And God uses the preaching of the gospel to call his elect out of spiritual darkness. That's what we were in. We were in spiritual darkness. And he, he uses the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to call his elect out of darkness by the power of God the Holy Spirit. And the preaching of the gospel is, is what Christ uses to establish his blood-bought children in the faith. This is why it's vital for us to be here when the gospel is preached. Because it encourages us. It establishes us in the faith. It's vital. It's, you know, it's vital for our spiritual well-being. That's why the scripture says, don't, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It's vital for us. We need each other, don't we? We encourage one another. When, when, when I see you guys come through the door, it's encouraging for me. I love it. It's wonderful. Turn if you would. Turn if you would to 1 first, first Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. My, oh, my. See, we come here and we hear that we've been redeemed. We hear we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you. It's wonderful, isn't it? We hear, we hear the gospel preached and proclaimed. And then we have the sweetness of fellowship with one another while we're here. In between services, after service, before service. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Look what the Word of God says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 to 11. Who goeth a warfare at any time at his own charge, charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flocks? Say I these things as a man. 
or saith not the law the same also? For it's written in the law of Moses, Thou dost not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for the oxen? Does the Lord take care of the oxen? Does God take care of, of this world? Does he take care of all the animals in the world as well as his people and as well as unbelievers? The rain falls on the just and the unjust, doesn't it? Even though man says, look what I've done, it's God, God provides all the food. If God didn't give the increase, we'd have nothing to eat. And, you know, this, this other food they make, plant, plant-based food, it all comes from plants, right? If God didn't give the increase of plants, there'd be, no, there'd be no plant-based food. If God didn't allow the fishes, uh, fish in, in, in the sea and in the rivers to, to spawn, there'd be, no, there'd be no more food that way. He takes care of us, doesn't he? My. No doubt, it says. This is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope. Sow in hope. And he that thrashes in hope should be a partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap. It, is it a great thing that we shall reap your carnal things? No. No. If we sow spiritual things, we, we pray that the Lord will, will, will prosper those spiritual things, right? When we speak to th- people about Christ, we pray the Lord will save them. If it be his will. We don't, we don't pray they'd still be dead in trespasses and sins. No. No, Lord, please save them. Please, if it be your will. My. And you know, God's people who, who the people of God who, they, they, will, they will support the work. You know, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I don't have to preach on money. God's people will support the work, support the preachers, support missionaries if we have them. God's people will do that. Right? Just, it's just natural. It's just natural. That's why I say, I can't do what I do without you guys. See, we're in this together. Right? We're in this together. It's amazing. And, and, you know, you love the Lord Jesus just as I love the Lord Jesus. You want to see the gospel go forth just as I want to see the gospel go forth. My. And so God's people faithfully support the preacher, support the work. I told Zane, I said, I'm, I'm going to hit on a few things I don't want to really hit on because I don't usually talk about money at all. But God's people, he said, don't worry, God's people will, they, they won't. My, oh my. And God's pleased to give the increase. As the gospel goes out, he's pleased to give the increase as he sees fit, right? You know, isn't it neat? We don't know what God's doing with the messages that goes out, but we know it won't come back to him void. So the downloads every month or in the last five years, last he, he's been using them for his glory. We don't even have any idea. And we're all have, we all have a part of that. We do. People think, oh, it's the preacher. No, we all have a part of that, beloved. <laughs> I remember listening to a, a, a Navy SEAL. He said he got the Medal of Honor. And he said, you know, 
he says, I, I'm thankful that they gave me this, but I couldn't have done it without the night stalkers, which was the helicopter guys that came in. I couldn't have done it without the ground crews for the helicopter. I couldn't have done it without the guys that prepare our ammunition and all that stuff. I couldn't have done it without the guys who purchase all that stuff. Isn't that amazing? It's the same in the, it's the same here. The preacher gets up, gets to stand up and preach Christ, which is a great honor. Travis, you know that. It's a great honor. But we could never do it without, without the support of others. And that's just God working through us. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how he does that? Absolutely incredible, beloved. Absolutely incredible. My. My, oh my. My, oh my. God's people are cheerful givers. Cheerful givers. Look at verse 7. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. If a man sows corruption, he's going to reap corruption. That's, that's all there is to it. And you know, the heart, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Deceitfully wicked. My. That's our hearts by nature. My, that's why, that's why we need a new heart, Lord. Okay, let's look at, let's look at verses 9 and 10. Look at this. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not, let us not grow weary in, in, uh, in our labors for the Lord. Let us not grow weary in that. Lord, please give us strength. Right? Give us a desire to serve you. To come and to sit, and to listen, and to be with God's people, right? Give us a desire for that. You know, that desire that we have doesn't come from us. It's, it's, it's wrought in us by the Holy Spirit. I ask you this. Did you want to come to church before you were saved? No, couldn't drag me through them doors, could you? Hey, <laughs> what do you think, Sister Marshall? We, we would, this is the last place we want to be, right? And now you can't stop us from coming. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. Why? Because this is the place where I can come and I can, I can even let you guys know how I'm doing. And if I'm struggling, or if I'm really feeling down, and you guys won't judge me, you'll come alongside me, you'll pray for me, your love on me, Right? That's what we do for one another, isn't it? We ask how each other's doing, how our weeks went, because we're interested in each other's lives. Dave mentioned something on Wednesday night. We're knit together in love. And Scripture talks about that. When we, when we go into the book of Philippians, we're going to see that brought forth in the Scriptures, that our hearts are now knit together in love. I remember, do you remember when your moms used to knit? Or you might have knit yourself. And you're knitting. And that string becomes one. And you may break off another string and put it in a different color and string that all in. And it all becomes one. Knit together. All intertwined. That's how we are. That's how we are. And that love, knit together in love, that's not natural love. That's the love that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's wrought in us by God the Holy Spirit. 
Now we want to be with God's people. Now we want to, now we want to, we want to rejoice with our fellow brothers and sisters in the gospel, don't we? We love it. Do you want to hear anything else? You know, we, 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 we hear stuff all through the week, you know, stuff on TV and stuff on this. But, but you know, it, 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 some of it penetrates for a little while and it has no effect. But the gospel has an effect upon us, doesn't it? When we hear that Christ redeemed us with his precious blood, when we hear that he gave his life for us, we're not the same people we used to be. Therefore, let us not, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Now, you see that faint not there? God's not going to let us fall. He's going to keep us. He's going to keep us keeping on. If we're, if we're his, he's going to keep us keeping on. That's what he does. My. Look at this. As ye have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know why? Because they're fellow sinners who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ and born again of the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? Why would we not want to, to come alongside our brothers and sisters? And remember, that's what this whole passage is about. Tie it up to the first verse, and second verse. A, a brother or sister falls into sin and they're like, well, kick them to the curb. That's religion, right? Paul's saying, don't do that. The whole, actually, Norm said this last night in the message I listened to, and I, I thought, this is why I'm going to start saying this. Paul's just the secretary. He's just writing what God wants him to write. So the Holy Spirit's telling us, don't kick your brother when he's down. Come alongside them. Don't kick your sister when they're down. Come alongside them. You know what's going to happen? And I've seen it in religion. When someone gets treated like that, they just walk away. And if they do want to have something to do with the church again, that's the grace of God in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So let us not grow weary in well-doing. And I hope this message has been an encouragement to you. Let us keep looking to Christ together. Brother Brian, can you close us in prayer?